welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. You are joining us for part two of our shoe conversation with Tiffany and Troy. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining me again. Hello. Yeah, we're back in the house. Let's start this episode with a great question that was generated from Talk Tennis. Mr. Backhand wants to talk about the change in shoes, traction, and design over the years. Now, I think that is really a great acknowledgement that shoes have changed their traction patterns over the years, although some still remain tried and true to their outsole patterns. Specifically, the first thing that comes to mind is Nike and that Vapor 10 outsole definitely began to have like a little bit more of an aggressive pattern. But then I think automatically to a gel resolution, even the newest eight, they still stick with that tried and true outsole pattern that we've seen for years. So what do you guys, what have you noted in outsole trends? I think I've seen more experiments about how you can change the tread pattern on a hardcore shoe to be more friendly to those who slide. Now I'm not mm-hmm. one of those sliders, so I can't really speak to how that's how effective those have been. But I have found that there are shoes that offer a little bit more slide than others. Um, but I'm I'm not 100% sure for me if that's because for me, it's more about pivoting and a little minuscule uh, slide, maybe like, you know, just a inch or something. But it's if that's to do with the hardness of the rubber or the tread pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, definitely uh, the shoes are kind of, especially the hard court, the ones that are, you know, mostly like durable hard court shoes, but they're kind of going to that type of either um, tread pattern that caters towards like sliders for hard courts, whether it's like the Vapor X, which is a very kind of like more of a slick um, tread pattern, or um, even some Adidas shoes like the Stycon, it kind of has more of your traditional herringbone type pattern throughout the bottom. Mm-hmm. But what, whatever they did to the rubber compound, whether they made it like stiffer or um, that one tends to be really slick. And I know Chris and Jason both noted that like it was really user friendly for like sliding on the hardcore. So kind of sliding in and out of your shots. That seems like the modern trend with the outsole. Yeah, for sure. And then I think it's also worth bringing up. Tiffany and I had tested a shoe recently that had a clay court specific outsole. And we get asked that question a lot. If you can use a clay court outsole on a hard court, if you use an all court outsole on a clay court, if you can use a hard court outsole, all of those questions. But I know for me, the one thing that we noticed right away was the rubber was a bit softer where it was hard for me to feel connected to the court because I almost just felt like I wasn't, I just didn't ever feel connected for sure. So I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah, for me, the um, the softer rubber made it a little too mm-hmm. sticky on the hard court. One, there was a little bit loud. You could hear the scratchiness on, of the outsole on the court, but I did feel a little bit more stuck. I think that softness of the rubber is just holding on a little bit too much for my liking yeah. uh, onto the hard court. But you could definitely see on that particular outsole, it was strong herringbone designed for clay. So with that being said, then, yes, of course, you can use a clay court outsole on a hard court. However, we recommend using a hard court specific outsole on a hard court, a clay court specific outsole on a clay court and so on and so forth. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, but that's a good question. Definitely seeing some more aggressive outsole patterns for sure. Now, this question comes up from time to time, and we don't always have a great answer for it. But Tennis Sprue asks, how does foam stack height or foam thickness help the strain on your knees as well as change in shoe traction to help people's knees on hard courts while still keeping traction and durability? A lot of people like to ask us about stack height on shoes, and because we are tennis players, it doesn't seem to be as prevalent as a topic as runners because a lot of times we're on our toes, we're moving laterally, we're not necessarily looking to beat our time to the forehand kind of thing. Um, I don't know if you guys have any insight on this. And we're also not doctors, so we can't speak to knees and all of that. Yeah, and just to clarify, when he says, or I'm assuming when he's saying like the foam thickness, that's like the midsole. He's midsole about, right? cushioning, like yeah. Material between mm-hmm. the bottom of your foot and the core. Okay, right. So, um, I know personally, um, I, I've i always liked, I, I don't know the exact dimensions of the stack height, the right. ball of my foot or whatever, but I do know like I've struggled with certain shoes over the years, whether they're too minimal, like uh, a really lightweight shoe, like say maybe like the Jet from Babolat or mm-hmm. some of the older Ubersonics, you know, they just felt uh, too low to the ground or too minimal in between the balls of my feet and the court. And I was kind of getting some of that slapping and a lot of pressure on the balls of my feet. So I'm a kind of a, a, a big person on looking for a shoe that kind of gives me, a, I don't mind a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of lift off the court as long as there's good cushioning there. If it's too minimal, uh, you get a lot of like court feel and good lateral support, but sometimes it's just, it kind of hurts the balls of your feet. So I'm always looking for that balance, but what I don't know as far as like the exact dimensions of that stack height. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not super well versed in um, stack height either. I think over the years I've come to like a little bit more cushioning in the forefoot. I used to be really into having a lot of court feel, just I like that feeling really connected to the court, but after mm-hmm. uh, long hours of play testing on the court or something, I'm, I'm now kind of, just like my feet to have a little bit of cushion under under the balls of my feet too, like Troy was saying. Yeah. And if you guys are listening to us speak about shoes in our video reviews, a lot of times you'll hear us say like, these are great for matches versus these are a great practice shoe. And we often mean that like a match ready shoe is going to be that quicker, less cushioned shoe that you're going to be able to move faster. But If you're training for four hours a day, you're probably not going to want to wear it because it's not going to give you a ton of cushioning and it's probably going to wear out pretty fast. But as far as tennis and stack height, we're still not really seeing a ton of traction in that topic. So next question, I guess it's out there, but have you gotten to try the Turbo GP from Nike and are they still planning to release it this summer? We are hoping that they still are releasing it this summer. We talked about it a little bit in the previous episode. We've tried on samples. We have not play tested them yet. Uh, we're super excited for that shoe. Troy, I don't know. Did Were you able to try on the sample when Nike was here? Yeah, I did get to try on the shoe. And um, I don't know. Maybe you can confirm this or not. I don't know if it's a direct replacement for the Zoom Zero or kind of like in that line of it had that kind of feel to me. Yeah, when totally. I put it on, the the midsole was really nice, like mm-hmm. super plush. We just talked about <laughs> asking about stack height and like how I like a good feel of cushion underneath the balls of my feet. That one has plenty of it, so I'm really looking forward to like 
actually getting on court and testing out that cushioning and whatnot. It is a little higher off the ground than say it felt that way compared to like a Vapor X or something like that. But uh, I'm just really looking forward to how comfortable it felt just from the try on. And also the upper is different than the, the current Zoom Zero. So uh, any issues that I experienced or some of the other t testers had with the uh, Zoom Zero as far as like the upper material, I think uh, it could be a great option. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. We're excited about that shoe just as much as you guys are. And as we mentioned in the previous episode, and some of you have mentioned on Talk Tennis, we have seen Francis Tiafo practicing and potentially playing in them. So really excited about that launch, um, hoping that it's still scheduled. And we'll keep you guys up to date if we find out otherwise. Now, this is another great question. And we did hit on this a little bit in the previous episode as well. Do you think shoes can truly ever be made more durable with adding more weight? The trend is durability with a lighter shoe, but do you think anything will ever be truly more durable than the Barricade or Gel Res from the late 2010s? <laughs> That's a good question because we talked about how like a bunch of Nike shoes are actually kind of in the same weight range. And I, there's actually this question did spur a little debate between some of the Talk Tennis members, but... What do you guys have to say? Tiff, you have uh, experience with some of the old school barricades? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, those the old school barricades are going back to about the four for me. Mm -hmm. Durable, for sure, but definitely also felt heavier. And I think some of the weight sometimes goes to not just how much material is in the shoe, but how the shoes have been designed. Because there have been um, some shoes like... From ASICs, we'll look at the Cord FF2. I don't think it feels quite as heavy as this scale says it is. And I found that to be fairly durable for me. I do think that there is something to be said, though, for if you ha just have more outsole material to wear through, they're going to be more durable. I think that lightweight shoes have come some distance and are more durable than they were in the past. But do I? I'm not sure that they're quite up to the level of those older really built up barricades there's more material yeah there's just just more to last i think it's also worth noting and we've heard our footwear buyer spencer say this a lot there are really no shoes right now that require a break-in we're seeing shoes like race ready like put them on get on the court you don't really have to break them in whereas the shoes that we're referencing those barricades and old gel resolutions those took some breaking in yeah yeah, for oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess shoes nowadays compared to the shoes of old, I get where uh, what's definitely what Spencer's saying. I still say there's a few shoes on the market that take, you know, like a week break in pretty much mm -hmm. with any shoe. You would like to walk around in it for a bit. But yes, definitely compared to like the old school barricades, which were like super rigid. And I almost felt like most recreational players, maybe not a pro, but recreational players probably had to wear them for like a solid month, month and a half just mm -hmm. to soften them up and, yeah. and get them to like be functional, like pliable. But uh, as far as the old school barricades go, I don't know if there's anything more durable on the market right now. Um, as far as his comment on the gel resolutions or like the older gel res, mm -hmm. I, I would probably say that the current gel res 8 is just as durable as any, any gel resolution I've tried before. Um, I think it, I think durability-wise, it's pretty much right up there with some of the older gel res. Yeah. But uh, as far as like heavy-duty, really, you know, bulky rubber on the bottom uh the old school barricades are you know probably some of the more durable ones uh, i'd say uh, i mean michelle you're probably getting the wear test on them but it looks like to me the vapor cage four uh is 
pretty solid and has a lot of protection in the areas that it really needs it yeah and kind of cuts down on the areas it really doesn't so i would maybe put that up there yeah and in this thread on talk tennis um that question was brought up a lot of people did reference the previous cage and the cage three being pretty feeling pretty light and still remaining pretty durable and i would say the four kind of continues in that that direction. It, it doesn't feel like the lightest shoe out there, but so far, I mean, I'm not super hard on my shoes. I, we just posted a Shelby Rogers video and she says she can wear out uh, gel resolution in three to four weeks. I'm nowhere near playing that much tennis or <laughs> moving my feet that much. <laughs> That's the pros. I remember uh, he, he, uh, back in the day, uh, James Blake used to use the, the Nike Air Max Breathe Free Two or whatnot, mm-hmm. and that's not like a super durable shoe like uh, like a Joe Rez. But I, I remember him saying on record that he would wear about sometimes in hours, like yeah, two to four hours of practice, and he'd have a hole because he was James was one of those guys that kind of like was one of the first hardcore guys that was like sliding everywhere, just oh, like yeah. super athletic, just flying. And as soon as you see those guys sliding around the hard courts, I even know like when Eric and John and Andy used to yeah. be here. Like you smell the burnt rubber. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's bad. And like, you look at their shoe and I'm like, man, like three more slides and you're going to have a hole. Yeah. And that's just the game. That's the game nowadays. For sure. The game is definitely moving to a quicker, more athletic positioning. And I think the shoes are starting to move that way. So like we see with the cage four and the FF two, they're building up the outsole to start wrapping up higher on the forefoot and the midfoot. So it just is becoming a more durable shoe in all areas rather than making it heavier or bulkier. Yeah, it's just targeting and being really strategic about where they're placing their material, their durable materials. Yeah, exactly. Okay, another question. And I don't know if any of us can particularly answer this, but we can do our best. They're asking if any of us wear ankle braces. And if so, are any of the sock fit booty construction style shoes easier to get into with an ankle brace on? Specifically asking about that Hypercourt Supreme, which we did talk about in the previous episode. Um, I know Brit was the most recent one with an ankle injury. And thankfully, that's been a couple years. Do either of you two ever from time to time wear ankle braces? And I, I did about a year ago. Um, I twisted my ankle and I, I, I always have like, I think I have a couple old uh, ASO ankle braces that I just keep around because when I was playing junior college tennis, I really hurt my ankle really bad. I was had to wear it for like the whole season. And that's a good question because back back when I was playing in junior college, I was wearing those Nike Breathe Free Twos that we were just talking about with James Blake. Mm-hmm. And it was super hard to get my foot in. And I almost had to like cut the opening area just to make, make it easier to get inside the shoe because I had an ankle brace on. I wasn't worried about the support. I could lace them back up. But I do get the question. Um, I haven't worn an ankle bracelet uh, recently, but if I was looking at shoes that do have the booty construction, the first one that popped in my head would probably be the the Lav. Okay. Because it's kind of a softer knit. It's more like a stretchy booty construction. Mm-hmm. So I would think that one would probably be um, a decent one to be compatible with an ankle brace, so to speak. Um, I haven't tried slipping on a Hyperport Supreme with with a uh, ankle brace on. Uh, but uh, it did feel like the uh, the booty construction on that wasn't like overly restrictive. I can almost guarantee you it, it'd take a miracle to to have an ankle brace on and slip on the stike on yeah. or something like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, maybe Tiff can elaborate on some other shoes. I, I, yeah, like the Zoom Zero might might have been uh, darn darn near impossible to get on with a with the ankle brace unless you cut it open. Yeah, I, I haven't worn an ankle brace in 
quite some time and haven't ever actually tried it with with a booty construction. He also said that his last two pairs of shoes had the sock fit construction and it was the cage three and the cord FF two and that he liked the way they fit and feel. So actually hearing that, I definitely think the Hypercourt Supreme would be a good option because as Troy mentioned, it doesn't feel too tight. It's definitely something where if you wanted it tighter, you can uh, manipulate that with the lacing system. But I think yeah. the Hypercourt Supreme would be a good Court FF2 continues to be a good option. Yeah. If he was able to make it work with the KH3, that, that one's pretty pretty snug, especially initially. I think the Love or the Hypercourt Supreme would be, would be good options. Cool. So we'll recommend those two and hopefully they work. And if not, you know we have free returns on unworn shoes. Um, one more question, and this one's going to Troy, as he has playtested it, and Tiff and I have not. He would like to know more about the Head Sprint SF, because no one's really talking about it, but it seems like a great shoe. And before I hand it over, I do want to let people know that the SF stands for Super Fabric, which is this unbreakable material that Head has used on the upper of this shoe. So it's the first time we're really seeing a very, very durable upper on any of the shoes, especially a lightweight shoe. So Troy, let us know how that one played for you. I'd say as a playtest team, uh, when we reviewed it, uh, pretty much everybody liked it. Uh, some, a couple of the playtesters like loved the shoe. I was more on uh, on the side of liking it quite a bit, but I know like Eric, that was like went, went right away into like one of his top three shoes. He said like for him, it was probably one of the best shoes to slide around the hard courts with. Mm. So definitely cater to that modern player. Uh, I know Booney loved that shoe, and, and I know Marks uh, loved pretty much all sprints and nitros, the kind of that, that mold of shoe that Head's had for a while. Um, I personally, because it's very similar to the um, Sprint Pro 2.0 or 2.5, but with that super fabric upper and a booty construction, I actually like the uh, standard Sprint Pro a little bit more just because it was a little softer. Um, the super fabric made it a little bit firmer for more support but it also was like a little bit firmer around the toe area, the toe box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I actually like the soft, slightly softer feel uh, of the standard Sprint Pro, but for a guy like Eric or someone that's like, you know, that modern player that's sliding and moving really aggressively laterally, I think it's the better option. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, kind of talking about the shoe, to me, it's like the difference between the Vapor X and the Vapor Knit. So you take the same shoe, but you just make it a little bit more rigid, a little bit more sturdy. Yeah, it's definitely a high-performing shoe, and that can lead us straight into talking about head footwear, since we weren't able to talk about their shoes on our previous episode. We'll start right there, and Troy just talked about the Sprint SF, which I would put as their kind of lead shoe in terms of performance, speed, durability, obviously. Um, It's also one of those lightweight shoes that we're seeing that does come with that six-month guarantee. And because it's really constructed to be a quicker, lighter shoe, it's really the only one out there like it. That'd be like putting a guarantee on a vapor. No one's really doing that. So it's kind of cool to see that being done. Yeah. The head line of shoes also has the Revolt Pro, which I think both of you guys are fans of. I know we recently tested those shoes. Yeah, I, I'm a, I really liked the um, how the Revolt line has kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. It's still cushioned. I feel like initially in the earlier versions for me, it was a little too much cushioning. But now I feel like it's a nice level, um, especially around the ankle collar. It used to be super padded. 
they've brought that down a little bit and I can now tighten up the shoelaces around my ankle for a nice secure fit. And I'm finding it's just a really nice fit for my foot and also very comfortable and uh, durable and stable. It's just a, a nice all around shoe. And it was one of my favorites when we tested it last year, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. With, I would agree with Jeff for sure. Uh, it's my favorite head shoe that they currently offer uh, because it gives you, you know, somewhat it's, it's their more durable shoe, a little bit heavier. So it kind of gives you some of those attributes that I like from like a Joe Resolution 8 or a New Balance Fresh Form Love. Uh, it is a little bit wide, wider fitting, so maybe a little little roomy uh, for my foot type. If I had a knock, uh, that would be it. But it's super plush. Um, it's got decent breathability for kind of that heavier shoe, and it's just really, really comfortable. Like I love just going out on court, whether I'm playing doubles, dingles, whatever, and it's just like a really trusty, comfortable shoe. I love it. Yeah, this one kind of reminds me of the quintessential teaching pro shoe. And like, I mean that in the most positive way. So like if you are someone that has played at a high level and you are now coaching or doing a lot of hitting lessons, this is a good shoe because it's so comfortable. You can wear it all day and you'll be very comfortable in it, but it's still high performing. So you can lace them up, tighten them up and still play points if you need to, and then go to your hitting lesson or be able to just feed balls and be comfortable. So if I were teaching tennis for eight hours a day, this is a shoe I want to be wearing. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It's a great option. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about a few more other, I guess we could say racket brands that are in the footwear game. So from Head, let's transition over to Babolat. They've continued to update and kind of push the boundaries with their shoe line. And there's a couple of different lines that we're seeing that come out of Babolat. I think the first one to know is the Jet line of shoes. They are the quick, speedy, lightweight, race-ready, tournament-ready, kind of more aggressive, maybe even a younger audience um, shoe. And they have a couple different models. Most recently, they've introduced the Jet Terry, which is a great price point. Um, it comes in just at $100. Super comfortable. Have you guys started playtesting those? Because I, I know I've been wearing them a bit. Yeah, I've been wearing them a lot. I've only uh, I've worn mine, but have not played tennis in them. The one thing that I have noted, though, um, for th- this last model of Jet is that the fit seems to be a little bit more true to size on the women's side. I know for the Mach 2, I went up a full size. I wear a size 6. I wore a 7 for the Mach 2. And this one, I went up just a half size. So it's fitting a little bit closer to true for me. Yeah, it's still tight. I wore a size 10. And... They are not making women's shoes above a size 10. So it's tough. It's really tough because I for sure would size up at least a half size in this uh, Jet Terry. I actually prefer wearing the men's right now. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Because they're pretty, they're, pretty, they're pretty narrow too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are, but narrow. That is for sure. I mean, that is something that I've experienced throughout the Jet line. Um, I have wider feet, so the Jet line is not the best fit for my width. Mm-hmm. Another shoe from um, Babylon, actually, the SFX is a better fit for the wider foot type. Yeah. It's a completely different kind of shoe, however. I mean, the Jet being very quick and more minimal, where the SFX is definitely more on the cushioned side of things. Very comfortable. Yeah, that SFX has a cult following and it's so comfortable. It's nice and wide. Again, Players looking for all-day comfort are going to find yeah. it there. 
And I think it's really cool that um, Babylon does offer something specifically that does fit wider and is super ultra comfortable too. And still high performing. You can still play pretty high level of tennis in that shoe. Yeah, I like, um, I want to say about the, the SFX with this, the original was wide and then the second got a little narrower. But the, if you haven't tried the three and you're missing the fit of the original model, the three definitely is a little bit more back to that. It's gotten, um, the two was not quite as wide, and but the three is fitting more like the original model. Yeah. And then in between in between those, I guess, the uh, because we, we tested the Pro Pulse Fury mm-hmm. uh, all, all courts. That was probably a while back, maybe a year ago or whatnot. But uh, I think it's a great, uh, solid support stability shoe. Has pretty good durability. That's one thing that we can talk about with uh, with Babolat shoes is that Michelin rubber. Mm-hmm. It's pretty consistent throughout all their generations. And I think it really has uh, just a really nice blend of like grip and slip, as we like to say. You know, it's not too sticky. It's not too slippery. It caters towards the modern player that likes to slide, but you're not going to be, you know, slipping out of place. I think the Pro Pulse Fury does pretty much everything really great. It locks you in. Um, the only thing for me for like a support and a durability shoe, comparing it to like a Joe Resolution 8, is that it's really low to the ground. And for the weight of the shoe, I would have just liked a little bit more forefoot cushioning, whether that's a little more midsole or a little more insole. I think that's the only knock I have on it. It's a good shoe. Yeah, that makes sense. And then let's break down the jet line a little bit because I'm the blonde one in this conversation and I get confused easily. Um, <laughs> we have the Jet Mach 1, we have the Jet Mach 2, and we currently also have the Jet Terry. Yes. So I always <laughs> think that anything with the number one in front of it is going to be your top shoe. Yeah, your primary. Yeah. So this jet line throws me off a little because Jet Mach 1 is not the top shoe in the line. The Jet Mach 2 is. And that is the one that has that Kevlar upper, which again, Mm -hmm. super durable upper material, but still pretty lightweight. Um, And then the the one is a little bit of a takedown from there. And then the Terry is more of your value price point from there. So um, do you guys have any comments on the differences between the three of them? I really like the Mach 2. I felt like uh, as like the premier jet, because before this generation of the jets where they have the Mach 1 and the Mach 2, it was just their, they just had the jet, which was like their premier fast shoe. And then they brought out both versions. But I feel like the Mach 2 really is probably one of the best versions of the jet shoe so far, as far as the, the premier version. Haven't really played in the Mach 1, but as far as I understood, the Mach 1's kind of being slowly phased out. And the Terre is going to be basically the replacement for it, right? Kind of that that lower price point version mm-hmm. of the jet. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which that shoe, that Terry is actually like such a cool looking shoe. I've gotten a lot of people commenting. We uh, were play testing that black colorway and it's, it's very similar on both the men's and the women's side. And even just walking around internally at tennis warehouse or sports warehouse, a lot of people are like, Oh, what brand shoe is that? So it does look pretty cool for a good value. And Still pretty good performance. The upper is a little soft. It's not the most supportive shoe you're going to find, but really comfortable. Let's switch over to Yonex. Yonex shoes. I think the first thing we can say with Yonex, similar to their rackets, is the construction's always really strong and they put out such a nice product. Um, we haven't play tested the Eclipsion 3s yet. I know it's on the docket for this year, but we haven't gotten there yet. Um, I'm sure it that will be a great experience, but 
Yonix sometimes has shoes that are super narrow and then they have some that are really wide. So there's like a lot of, <laughs> it's a little polarizing at times. I know we play tested the Fusion Rev and on the women's side, they're pretty narrow. Yes. Julie loved them, but it was hard for Tiff to wear them. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I, um, I do, I have struggled with trying to find a consistent sizing from Yonix. Um, it's definitely from model to model and then update to update, just trying it on and figuring out which size fits me best. But one thing that I can say about Yonix inconsistency is, like you said, construction and that power cushion technology, their cushioning system is really nice. It's super comfortable. Something that if I can get the fit right, the cushioning underfoot, love the Yonix feel underfoot. Yeah. And just a quick side note, the last time Yonix was in town, they brought their power cushion experiment with them and dropped an egg onto the power cushion midsole material and it did not break. And I think we were all shocked and (laughs) tried it ourselves and continued to play around with it. So it it is real. It's a real thing. Lots of rebound, lots of cushioning. (laughs) Sounds like they need to make a power cushion mattress or something. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the line of shoes does confuse me a little bit so i can only imagine our listeners get confused as well troy do you have a favorite from yonix uh i'd say the fusion rev 3 actually worked for me because i do have a slightly narrow foot type Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's actually probably my favorite yonix shoe to date Mm -hmm. not not knocking yonix shoes in any way in particular but kind of like tiff i've always struggled to find like the perfect fit um, I've really liked previous versions of the Eclipsion, like the two, mm-hmm. almost a perfect uh, shoe for me. I thought the cushioning was great. It was really uh, almost perfectly contoured around the toes of my in the toe box. Uh, but right around the midfoot area, it was like squeezing like around the arch in the center part of my foot. So just a slight fit issue. Other than that, that would have been a home run for me. But the Fusion Rev 3, it was a little tight initially, but after a slight break in and it kind of being a lightweight shoe, or it's kind of like that medium weight. Um, it worked out good, and I thought for being a low to the a low to the ground type of feel, it still had enough cushioning. So I was pretty impressed by the Fusion Rev Three, probably my favorite Yonix so far. Nice, yeah. I know Julie loved that shoe on the women's side. Yeah, it's definitely one of her favorites, and I, I believe she went and played some tournaments with it too. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely cool. A cool shoe. Um, it does have that lacing system off to the outside of your the top of your foot so it's a little more um i don't know a little more innovative it really hugs you in though yeah and that that asymmetrical design kind of allows you to really crank on the laces without putting that pressure like right on top of the foot so it kind of evenly disperses the, the tension of the laces which is pretty cool um and then i also want to just mention the sonic h2 that we have mm-hmm. i i haven't personally tried it but i know chris edwards the vlogman uh that's like one of his favorite shoes and i know he likes some of the minimal shoes he kind of has a narrower foot type, but uh, I heard it's pretty comfortable, really light, and uh, he loves that shoe. He can't stop saying <laughs> Yeah, he, he does seem to talk a lot about that shoe. <laughs> Let's pop over to a little prince. Okay, if you've been playing tennis for more than 15 years, you've probably worn the T22 or maybe 20 years. I don't know. I'm dating myself, but... 22 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 22. I guess... 22. As we're recording this, Prince is celebrating their 50th. So 
they've been around for a bit and they know what tennis players like. And I'm, I'm, I know all three of us have worn some iteration of the T22 one, one way or another. Um, It continues to be a tried and true comfort, stable story. If that's what you're looking for, classic performance, stock up. (laughs) You can't go wrong. If that's what you love, then keep on keeping on with that shoe. Yeah. Going back to even older print shoes, like the Roadsters and like ones even before that, before I even started watching tennis, but um, they're just known for that NFS, that natural foot shape type of type of pattern or that footbed. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of that really contoured, locks you in the heel and it has that kind of like more open toe box. And I know for a lot of players, they love that signature shape and it, it seems to be consistent with pretty much all their shoes. Um, and uh, yeah, it just seems to be a really popular option for that signature type fit. Yeah. And then the T22 light continues to live on also, which it's got a bit of a lighter upper, more breathable upper. It's um, a little more like a nylon material rather than that classic traditional upper on the T22, but still kind of similar. You know, it's stable, it's comfortable, it comes with that guarantee. So it's going to be durable also. Yeah. Yeah. It still pretty much has that same outsole and and rubber compound as the regular one. I think just the main differences are the uppers. Yeah. Um, so that's nice. That's nice for those people that are, that are tough on their, their outsoles. Small sneak peek. We're hoping to see some new shoes from Prince down the road. So we're excited to see something new, something different, something a little more streamlined. Um, and hopefully maybe by the end of the year, I'm not really sure on the timeline of that one. Let's switch over to another racket brand that's in the shoe game, uh, Wilson. Let's start with their flagship shoe, the Wilson Rush Pro. They're on the third iteration, lighter, faster, more breathable. Seems to be a great option. The Rush Pro is definitely my favorite of the Wilson line. Most comfortable for me out of their shoes. <laughs> this is like picking on an old play tester. Uh, Andy, I think we'll all remember, yeah. <laughs> named the original Wilson Rush Pro as one of his favorite shoes of all time. <laughs> yeah. almost, as, almost as close to a 10 as you can get. Almost a 10 out of 10. But... Um, This shoe has continued to evolve and grow with the game. It's become lighter, faster, as I mentioned, but still an all-around great performance shoe. It has that durability guarantee. Um, Wilson's doing a good job continuing to update that one. Yeah, the the, uh, the 3.0, I think uh, it's been really popular amongst our playtesters with previous versions, but I think the 3.0, what it really did was keep the stability, the support, and pretty good uh, durability as well but they added some breathability to the uppers. I know some of the older Rush Pros, the originals, they were really comfortable, really supportive, just not very breathable. There wasn't really much mesh on the upper part. So I think that's great. And for me, I think uh, kind of like when I talked about the Power Cushion Eclipse 2 from Yonex, almost like a really, per- almost a very close to a perfect shoe or a home run shoe for me. The one small knock I had on it, and it kind of carries on with a, almost all their models because if you look at them, they're almost identical. But the toe guard, the very front of the shoe, it's great for toe draggers, very protective, and they pretty much have a similar toe guard in all their models. But it's just a little too vertical or a little too much uh, firm rubber up there where I get a little bit of toe jamming. I'd have to agree, yeah. We're all in agreement. (laughs) I do like the Rush Pro 3.0. It just was for the wider feet. It was a nicer fit for me than previous models. It was just the upper is a little bit softer breathable, but it also accommodated uh, my wider feet better than previous versions. 
Yeah. Wilson also has the chaos in their line of shoes, which is kind of the more aggressive, quicker, faster shoe. We have not worn the 3.0. We did play test the previous versions. And when Troy was speaking about that toe guard, that kind of ruined the play test for me because I dealt with a lot of toe jam in that shoe to the point where it was like, it was a painful experience. I had PTSD tying up the laces and going back on the court with those ones. And that was with the previous models, right? Yes. So we have not tried the three. They hopefully have fixed that. There's also the SFT version which I don't know if our listeners are aware, but that is a booty construction. So there's a sock liner that comes a bit higher up. So a little more support. That one also sounds like it would be better in terms of lack of toe jam. Um, There's another shoe that they have in their lineup, which I think is being phased out. However, the Amplifeel. Yeah, you talked about the, the, the SFT chaos having the booty construction a little bit higher up on the ankle. If you want it really high up on the ankle... That's where the uh, Amplifil comes in. Yeah. We did play test that one too. Maybe you guys can give better insight on that one. The As Troy mentioned, it comes about two inches above your ankle. Yeah, it comes up pretty high. It almost feels like you have an ankle, a soft ankle brace on. It comes up so high. Yeah, it's almost like a hybrid between a, a performance shoe and an ankle brace kind of built into each other. Yeah, it's pretty unique. And I really like it, it was a little difficult to kind of figure your way into the shoe and get everything locked in and wrapped around. It takes a little while, almost like you're getting ready to put on like some football cleats and tape them up <laughs> type of thing. But I thought comfort was really good. It had good cushioning in the midsole. Uh, just that small knock as far as comfort goes. And that was just that, that the way that toe guard's oriented. I don't know something about the rubber, uh, but I was getting a little bit of toe jam. But as far as like traction support, once I locked that uh, elastic band around my ankle, I was getting a lot of, uh, a lot of support, a lot of lateral stability. And actually, after I play tested these for Tennis Warehouse, uh, I went on and used them as like a basketball, like play on the weekend type of hoop shoe because it gave me that ankle support that you need for like a basketball toy. So nice. Yeah, yeah. I want to note if you usually do wear uh, no show socks, I would recommend wearing higher, <laughs> at least quarters, if not a crew sock. I did it once with trying to wear low socks and um, not the shoe I would want to do that with. <laughs> Let's transition. We've got a couple more brands that make great shoes but might not be on the front of your mind when you're thinking about tennis shoes. But Fila. Fila makes a solid tennis shoe. Um, The Axless 2 Energized. We do see tour support, so we know it's a solid shoe. They've come out with some really fun designs on the women's side, especially Mm -hmm. uh, loving all the florals and uh, something new and different. But I was going to say, just a great fit for wider feet on the Axelis uh, Energized 1 and 2. Yeah. It's so nice when I have my wider, with my wider feet, when I slip in on a shoe and I feel no constriction anywhere. So it was a good fit for my feet. Yeah. Troy, how did you enjoy that play test? Yeah, as Tiff said, great for wider foot types. For me, a little too much room. So I was kind of swimming around, especially when I broke them in. Initially, like the first few wears felt good. I could cinch them up, but. You know, maybe after a couple of weeks of really like breaking them in and the upper softening up a little bit, I was just kind of like sliding around a little too much in the width department. So I ended up trying a couple pairs of socks or like a really thick uh, Forno sock and the fit was much better. But the only other thing with that shoe for me is there's just, for me, it just feels like there's not quite enough padding, cushioning, or maybe just, I think they could, they could put a little bit more cushion technology into the shoe. It's, 
it's kind of lightweight, minimal, good support, but uh, I think the upper and sort of the midsole could kind of do with some revamping of uh, added padding inside there for me. Maybe make it a little more responsive. Yeah, just a little. I think they could do a better job of just making it a little more plush. Yeah. And still keep it kind of light. Definitely. Well, that's all we have on the Fila line. But speaking of plush, um, Lotto has introduced some new shoes in the past year. And again, this is another one that I think could be a bit confusing to some of the listeners out there. We've seen the line of Lotto shoes kind of change a lot in the last five years. So right now um, they have the Mirage line, which there's the Mirage 100, 200 and 300. And the way that this goes is the 100 is going to be your supreme premium um, highest performing with the 300 being more cushioned and more of your price point shoe. I guess you could explain it that way. We have not had a chance to play test these shoes, but Lotto is kind of similar to Yonix to me that I feel like what we get from them is a high quality material. It's an Italian brand and I feel like they do a really good job constructing their shoes. They're good about offering clay outsoles. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, we haven't play tested the, any of the Mirage series uh, as of yet, but uh, I have tried on the Mirage 100 before, mm-hmm. and it does give me some of those signature things that I've, I've gotten from Lotto shoes in the past, going back to like their, their Raptors and their Viper, Viper type shoes. Mm-hmm. And I know some of the older Lottos, I can't even remember the particular, I think it was one of the Raptor series, but uh, very, very comfortable. Uh, the heel has that like technology where there's like an open port back there that kind of serves as like an Air Max type of thing from Nike, but it's, it's very plush, very comfortable midsole cushioning, and I'm big on that. So that was one thing that I liked about Lotto. Yeah, that's true. I, I like that. Syn- I think it's called Synpulse. Mm-hmm. There you go. And yeah, it, it is nice. I feel like it, it propels you forward a bit. So yeah, in the past, I've enjoyed that cushioning as well. They also are one of the only brands that offers an alternate insole, which, you know, if you want a little bit more cushioning, there's a thicker insole. Or if you want a more minimal cushioning, there's a thinner insole. So that's another thing that Lotto does offer. They also offer alternate lace colors, which is kind of fun. I mean, why not? (laughs) And then one more brand that we haven't hit on, Diodora, another Italian brand of footwear. They also kind of come from that classic heritage of tennis shoes. And I know I used to love the Speedstar K, which is that kangaroo leather upper, so soft, wider fit. I think we all kind of like that shoe. Especially the Michelle, for sure. I know you like the one that... It's nice and sparkly with the gold oh, yeah. and all the, all the pop colors on there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. So yeah. Oh, yeah. The Speedstar K is so comfortable. Yeah. But one thing we've noticed, and I know the men reviewed this shoe really well, is they have updated their midsole cushioning, and they're using a material called Blue Shield. And it's so soft and great cushioning underfoot. Troy, you guys loved it. Talk about that shoe a little bit. Yeah, the one that it really kind of changed the game for me, and I think a lot of the other play testers, I know Jay loves a shoe because it's a little wider, and Granville is like one of his favorite shoes, uh, the Blue Shell Fly 2 AG. Mm-hmm. The previous version, we liked the shoe, but everybody had fit issues, and like the opening of the shoe was like, you couldn't really cinch it around. Even with the lacing system, the the, uh, the ankle collar would not cinch down, so no one could get locked in, but it had a really comfortable feel in the midsole. And then when they came out with the Fly 2, uh, they fixed the lacing system as a much better fit on the upper, and then we could really get 
you know, that, that experience of that, that midsole cushioning. So with the fly two, I think a, a lot of people like that, or at least our play testers. And I think it's kind of like a sleeper, you know, it's a really good shoe, really comfortable and it has a warranty. Uh, last but not least, I do want to mention that we are carrying a brand of running shoes on our website right now. Swiss brand worn by Roger Federer, his shoe of choice. We now have on running shoes on our website as well. Have either of you guys had an experience wearing on shoes? I haven't. We haven't turned them on yet. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't been turned on to on. Something cool about them, I actually have a friend that works for on who used to work at Running Warehouse. And they're also kind of similar to like what we were saying about some of these brands. They're really well made, really well constructed. And just to give you guys a heads up, the on cloud flow is Roger Federer's running shoe of choice. And you can see when you look at the shoe, the clouds of cushioning underfoot. So super responsive, really comfortable, really cushioned. So if anyone's looking for an off-court trainer or an off-court running shoe, this would be a cool one to check out, I think. And we have a few options on the website, but also with our sister company, Running Warehouse, there's, I think they have a lot more models over there too, right? Definitely. They yeah. have a bunch and they're the experts in all things running shoes. So <laughs> if For you sure. want more information, you can check them out. But if you are interested in grabbing a pair, they're pretty cool. The colors are, I know like Roger's color of choice is that rust color that we have, which is, it looks sharp. I mean, of course it's if Roger's going to wear it, it's going to look good too. Yeah, kind of a fun offering. Kind of cool, something different. So to wrap up this episode, I know we started the previous episode giving our top three favorite shoes. I kind of wanted to get a little bit more into specifics. So I'm going to ask you for three shoes, but they're going to each have a category. So I want to know your most comfortable shoe, your most durable shoe, and your quickest shoe. One, two, three. So like if you had to pick most durable, most comfortable, and quickest, what shoes are you guys choosing for those categories? I know. Because there's a little bit of crossover. There stuff. is a little bit of crossover. Yeah, and if you have the same shoe as uh, for all three answers, that's fine too. <laughs> okay, let's see. I'm going to go most comfortable. I'm going to go with the Adidas Stella Court. Okay, good. Just can't go wrong with Boost. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> Most durable for me would be the Gel Res 8, the A6 Gel Resolution 8, and lightweight, best fast shoe. Or is that right? Yeah, yep, yep. I will go with the Ubersonic 3, actually. Nice. Nice. Light and fast. That's a really good one. That's pretty close to the one I was going to pick. Totally fine if it's the same. <laughs> okay, so what we got? Uh, comfortable, durable, and speed? Mm hmm. Most comfortable. I mean, there's a lot of shoes out there that I could pick from, but this shoe I think is just comfort. That's kind of its main thing, and it maybe doesn't have the other features. But I'd go K Swiss Aeronew. Okay. Yeah, I think it's super comfortable. It's almost so like comfortable. I, I think I like being at the lake with like water shoes, on, like <laughs> yeah. just chilling, or like with a big old thick midsole on it. Yeah, you know, it's super comfortable. Yeah, uh, durable. Probably go Joe Resolution 8. Yeah. Yeah, for durability. But it also has that comfort aspect. So it's almost up there as far as like the top of the charts for comfort. Yeah. And sorry, I'm going to throw out some more, but the New Balance Fresh Foam Love is also like durable comfort. Yeah. So it's like all three of those are, are great. And then 
uh, for fast speed oriented shoe, I'm going to go Ubersonic two. Nice. Yeah. And it's not the lightest on the scale, but it's so low to the ground and it has that prime knit uh, booty construction. It feels just like, it feels great. And I can see why some of the pros like Sasha's Vera still use it. Nice. I guess I'll answer real quick to you. Most comfortable, I'm going to go with the New Balance 996 version 4. Oh, yes. Nice. So comfy. That is super comfy. <laughs> the Coco Goss. So comfy. Yeah, right? Most durable. I haven't put the Vapor Cage 4 to the test enough, but it's between yeah. that and the Gel Res 8 right now. Um, and then for me, speediest, quickest, lightest, which I'm just going to have to go to the Asics Cord FF2, just because that's that's one shoe that I, I feel comfortable enough that I can speed up my footwork. So I think that's it. Those are some, those are good picks. Those, those are some good picks, and we get asked those questions a lot. So if you're curious, our picks, these are them. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thanks, you all, for listening. If you have any further questions or want to continue the conversation, Feel free to email us at podcast.tennis-warehouse.com or you can find us on the Talk Tennis message board and we will do our best to answer you there. And hope everyone's having a great time getting back on the court and finding a new favorite pair of tennis shoes. So until next time, happy hitting. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy hitting.